0: That was perfect, that was like the perfect summation of everything we've heard so far this morning. I'm feeling a little awkward because my message is not that. Maybe we should just eat, everybody ready to eat now? Uh, (laughs) Hey, we are going to get into the Word of God, okay? If you have a Bible, get it out. Um, If you like to read on a device, um, you can get that out as well. We're going to start at the beginning, a very good place to start, the book of Genesis. It wasn't working, so... Um, chapter 2, Genesis chapter 2. Before we go there, I want to share one cool thing. Um, we, we are still looking and listening um, what the Lord has said. We've been in the 504 season, which 504, if you're like, what is that? It's like some code name. Um, we do 21 days of seeking and setting apart the first of the year for the Lord. 21 days is 504 hours. So that's why 504, no secret. Um, the idea of calling it that is so that we maximize the time. You know, we're not counting days; we're counting moments that we get to ha- be with the Lord to set aside this year for Him. So, five four, we do want to hear. We believe God sets things in our heart for the year during this time. But I also know that many times the breakthrough, the words, um, and all of that come after. You may walk out of here after we feast, and suddenly you start getting the downloads from the Lord, or this week. So we still want to hear those. I know we had a lot shared today of what the Lord is bringing, but maybe next week, again, we put out an email, let me know somehow if if the Lord's given you a scripture, a word, something that you believe is applicable to all of us. I'm sure you've heard something for yourself. And if you haven't heard something specific, but you've spent time in the Word of God and talking to God in a special way, you're blessed. God's moving and God's setting seeds that are going to grow over the year. The one thing I wanted to share, because this week is so uh, relevant um, in a way, is um, early this week, I think it was Sunday or Monday, um, I got a pop-up notification on my phone from the God Speaks app. And I'm not trying to uh, advertise it, but you should check it out. My friend Annie Bailey was here about a year ago talking to you guys about that. So some of you have it. One of the, one of the cool features about it, and so what you do is anytime the Lord impresses you with something, you stick it in the app. It's just a handy way to keep it because we always got our phones, right? Um, but then um, they pray over it that God would, would bless the algorithm and it will send you reminders, every once in a while. It would just randomly pick one of your posts in the app and send it to you. And so um, I got one this week about a dream I had a year ago. And uh, I don't get dreams often, so I pay attention. And I'm always expecting God to speak through my dreams, so I write them down. So I wrote one down a year ago. I actually had kind of forgotten about it, but it was a year ago this week, so it, the, the app sent me a notification. And in the dream... Um, there was a body of water that was overflowing, and uh, it seemed like it could be dangerous, and yet we were all so excited. We were play- sort of playing in the overflow of this, and I knew at the time that it was spiritual a representative- representation of the overflow of the Holy Spirit. Um, working in our lives and, and, and maybe exceeding our expectations, you know, exceeding the banks. And so I get that notification. Two days later, I'm driving down the road, as you maybe you noticed, with all the precipitation, all the rivers are overflowing. They're flooding their banks. I'm like, is this the time? Lord, are you saying something? And so I'm I'm presenting that to you as I believe that it wasn't an accident that I got that dream reminder, and that this week for some strange reason it's raining and all the bodies of water are overflowing. Because lots of time God uses the physical to speak to us about the spiritual. So how many of you believe that, that God wants to overflow our expectations this year and exceed um our experience of the Holy Spirit? Would anybody be mad if or More than we've seen before? All right, then we say yes and amen, right? Nobody's satisfied, like I've had enough Jesus in my life. Okay, you wouldn't be here if you, that wouldn't, you wouldn't be here. So I just wanted to share that and we'll share some more um, of what you guys have next week, okay? All right, so we're in... um, this series called Created for Connection. We've been looking a lot at um, where it all began because that's how we know what we were created for. We see God's original design. Last week, I talked about a message I called Holy Holy, and we talked about how God is involved in our garden of our workspace, and many of you testified about that this week. It was amazing. Avoda, you learned the new word, if you were here, if you didn't check it out online. But today we're going to talk about um, created for connection, being holy, holy, but now in a personal way, in our our spirit, soul, and body. So as we come into the word of God, um, would you just pray with me? Thank you, Father, for this time. Thank you for the word that is living and active. Thank you for your spirit that's present with us even now. We ask that you would give us spiritual wisdom and revelation as we look to your word. God, we don't just want human ideas. We don't just want a nice teaching. God, we wanna encounter you in these words and we want to be conformed to your image because of them. Um, We ask you for that as we spend these next few minutes in your word in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're going to be in Genesis chapter 2, starting in verse 4. I'm not going to read a whole lot. And I want to just make a comment, um, a request. I'll say it that way. We've got the potluck. We can smell it. We can see the dessert. I know. And uh, if you've been really fasting, you're like excited about this. Um, But I want to make a request if possible, because when we do potlucks, many times about halfway through the teachings, 30% of the people trickle out the door because they have to go take care of their food. Um, I'm going to make a commitment to try to not do this for a long time, if you, you, if, you, if you don't absolutely have to leave before we say amen, can you just stick with the word of God? Because it's just distracting. It's not for my ego. It's because I believe God wants to do something. And then when people start, you start drifting out the door, people are like, oh, we're done. Okay, is he almost done? Have we done? You know, we get distracted and we're not here anymore, right? Okay, because I'm just making a request. For the, for the sake of the word of God is why we came together, right? Amen. Genesis chapter 2, um, starting in verse 4. So in Genesis chapter 1, you know, God gives the seven days, all the things He did in those days, all He created. Genesis 2 is kind of an expansion on day 6 when He made man. And uh, so this is how it goes. Verse 4 This is the account of the heavens and the earth when they were created, when the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Now, no shrub had yet appeared on the earth, no plant had yet sprung up, for the Lord God has not sent rain on the earth, and there was no one to work the ground. But streams came up from the earth and watered the whole surface of the ground. That's wild. Actually kind of goes with the dream. Wasn't even connecting that. What we're actually looking at is verse seven. So folks in here. Then the Lord God formed man, or mankind, from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And that man, that human, became a living being. All right? So God... We're going to stop there for now. Created humankind from dirt of the earth. He made his masterful creation, you and me, and breathed his own breath into that body and brought it to life. That's amazing, isn't it? that it was the life of God that entered into this part of creation in a unique way. We don't see this in the plants or the animals or anything. There was one, us, made in the image and likeness of God that had to have the Spirit of God come into us to bring us to life. It's awesome. This is how you became a human being. Did you know? This is how God breathed into your body, giving you a soul and filling you with His Spirit. That's day one of of humankind's existence. That's awesome. When God breathed into the first man, Adam, are you with me? He put his own spirit, his own breath inside him. And I like to think of it this way, that at creation in this moment, when God breathed into Adam, God started a conversation with mankind that he never wanted to stop. Does that make sense? By breathing as if he, you know, it said he spoke creation into being. He started a conversation with humankind, an intimate communion with us that was meant to go on forever, for eternity. It was a conversation, not just with the mind, not just with words, not even just with the heart, but I would say a conversation between God and man that involved Our whole being. We, at the beginning of time, at the beginning of creation, were created in connection with God in our whole being. Body, soul, and spirit were brought to life by God and given animation by the Spirit of God. This is important. He connected us to himself from the very beginning. Do you see that? Now, we say a lot around here at Spirit of Church, you know, oh, we're a people of prayer. You know, we're campus connected with this. And when you say people of prayer, I just want to say that's what that's about. It's not about the activity of saying words or going to prayer meetings or all these things. All that's a little sliver, but we're just trying to acknowledge the fact that we were created at the beginning and God's heart and intent was that we as human beings would be connected intimately with God every day of our lives. Every moment of our life, with every fiber of our being, that's what he was after that's what we're just trying to say yes to when we say that. So in case you've tripped over that language and some people say, well, I don't know. I'm not really a person of prayer. And what they really mean is I, I find prayer boring and I don't really want to go to prayer meetings. You know, that, that's kind of really what they mean. And I want to tell you the truth is you were actually created for it. Not for prayer meetings and not for words, meaningless words, and not for boredom with God. You're made for connection with God. Okay, it's, it's why God created you. It's why you live and move and have your being today. That's it. So no one gets a pass on connection with God no, or an excuse that they just aren't wired that way because the truth is you are. You're wired for God. You're wired for God. You're wired for God. Don't tell yourself, don't let anyone tell you that you're just not like that. You wouldn't exist as a human being if you weren't made for God by God, for God, to live with God. Because believing in God, walking his ways, fulfilling your purpose in life, isn't just about agreeing in your mind, oh, God exists, I believe he's real, and then trying to do the right things. That's that's not what it's about. This existence we have, we're created for, is to be intimately connected with him in every moment. This is life itself. Jesus prayed it in John 17. He said, this, Lord, Father, is eternal life. This is what life is, to know you. That's it. It's knowing God. It's the knowledge of God. And, And the reason that sin... Is, is detrimental to us is that sin will take us away from the knowledge of God, will take us from knowing God, take us from walking with God. So you flip the page on Genesis to chapter 3, just figuratively speaking, is the story of the fall and what happened there. And I'm just going to recount it for you because you, you may know the story. Um, what happened there? How does the devil come to her? He comes to her and says, hey Eve, did God really say did, did God really say you're not supposed to eat this stuff? And so he calls into doubt from, from the get-go the validity of God's words and God's promises. Did he really say that? Did he really mean that? And, and, the, and the unspoken cue, cue there that he was trying to deceive her with is saying, God's holding out on you. And try to get her depart from the knowledge of God intimate communion with God. You know, the devil wants us, you and me, this, the temptation is the same. The devil is a liar. He never stopped lying. He chooses different words, but the lie is the same. The devil will always come to make, try and make us doubt what God has said, to doubt God's original purposes. He will want us to doubt uh, God's goodness toward us and think that God's holding out on us. But the truth of the matter is that God is, was, always will be wanting to lead us to life in every instance, in every area. Abundant life. Sounds familiar? John 10.10. 10. So when God sets up a boundary, say, actually don't go there, it's not because he's keeping anything from us. He's trying to lead us to life, and if we cross that boundary, we're entering into death. Do you ever think of it that way when God talks about what He says yes to, what He says no to? you should think of it that way, because we get the lie from the devil again that God, following God 's way, is really restrictive. you know He 's killing all the fun. no, God's leading you to abundant life. the devil's leaving you to death. The devil's tempting you to death. The devil's tempting you to move away from abundant life. Don't believe the lie that's the truth of the matter. Sin may feel pleasurable for a moment, but in the end, it leads to death every time. It doesn't bear fruit. It doesn't bring you to life. It steals life from you. And that's in any area, whether it's lying, whether it's sexual sin, all the things that, oh, it just feels okay right now. I I really need to do this. You know, I can't help it. That is tasting the fruit of death. The only reason God's mad about it is because he loves you so much. The only reason God said no was because He wants you to live, and not just a little bit. He wants you to live abundantly. Is this making sense? Yes. Yes. Ooh, thank you, God. Thank you, God. See the temptation. What did what did the devil say to her? Hey, check check this out. God, God, did God really say, "Don't look at this fruit. Look at this fruit. Doesn't it look good? Doesn't look pleasing to your eyes? Doesn't look nourishing?" Isn't this what the devil does with, with sin in the world? Hey, look at this. Did God really? Doesn't this look good? Don't you wish you had this? Don't you wish you could taste this? You should just try it. And if we buy the lie, we're buying the same lie. We're buying the lie to step into death saying, no, that's got to be good. It's got, it looks good to me. That's what you've said. Well, it looks, actually, it does look good. It does look good. Did God really say that? Yes, God said that. And no, it's not good. I don't care how good it looks, it's death. And if we saw sin that way more, it'd be a lot easier to say no, wouldn't it? But in every area that God wants to instruct us is to lead us to life. Why? Because knowing him is eternal life and his ways will lead us into the knowledge of him. We are made for God, by God. Every part of our life is ordained for him, through him. This is eternal life. Is this making sense? wholeheartedness, wholeness is when our our body, soul, and spirit are in alignment with the life of God when our mind and strength are in alignment the greatest commandment reflects this love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength this is is wholeness this will lead you to wholeness when you obey that word of the Lord brokenness is when we live disconnected from God in any way, shape, or form or we disconnect from his purposes for us in some, some way So I want to talk just a little bit about this. I told you I'd try to keep it short. I'm watching the time. Let me just make it super plain and clear in case I didn't already. Now the fall came. Eve ate the the fruit. Death entered our reality, right? The, The ones who were most fully alive on the planet ever because God made them alive in a moment received death. Death entered when, when they departed from God's way when they crossed the boundary He had set. Death came, and so we need Jesus because when we come to Jesus, we may look alive, but we're dead. And He breathes into us the breath of life, and you know what happens? You come alive. That's what we sing about, right? The songs we sing. I'm not the same. I don't know about you, that's real to me. I know I'm not the same. I was dead, now I'm alive. That was death, this is life. And I'm so glad. Thank you, you're glad too. Hallelujah. <laughs> Two of us in the room are happy about it. Hallelujah. Without Jesus, I'm just making to make it real clear. You're, you're not just spiritually dead. You're physically dead and you're emotionally dead. Because Jesus, only Jesus can give you life. I don't care what it looks like. I don't care how alive somebody over there looks in their life. If they don't know Jesus, they are dead. They are in darkness. They need light. They need life. And there's one hope, one way, Jesus. It's the only answer. I don't care how much money they have, how much education they have, how big their house is, how many people say they like them. They are dead. Jesus is the only way to life. And I I say on, on purpose, all three. Mentally, emotionally, physically, spiritually, dead, dead, dead. Because you're made as a whole person, a human being to experience one thing, the life of God in you. And this is amazing because you, did you know, are a triune being like God. You're made up of three parts that are interconnected that cannot be dissected and live in community with yourself, just like the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Let's talk about it. So you have a body, your physical frame, right? We all know our body, and and with its appearance and all of its functions and its appetites and abilities, the body's actually amazing. The body is a masterpiece. If you ever study anatomy, ask people who have, you just can't see all that God made and think there's not God. Just, you're just like kidding yourself, really. But so your body. We know about the body. Your soul. What's your soul really made up of? Well, the Bible refers to it as your inner man. Um, and it, it's comprised of your mind, your will, your emotions. This is your agency. This is your unique personality. And, you know, sometimes saying my heart. In my heart, I feel this. In my heart. That's your, your soul. And you know what? Your soul was created by God. It's your unique thumbprint. It's part of you that will live forever. Is, is your soul with your body and spirit. You'll get a new, uh, you'll get a body 2.0, but you'll still be in a body. And your spirit is the breath of God within you. Now, you ha- everyone has a spirit, but without God, without Jesus, that spirit is dead. You come to Jesus, he breathes within you, gives you eternal life to your frame and reconnects you in intimacy to your creator. So you're made up of three parts. Each is fully interconnected and interdependent. So what does that mean? Well, what's happening in your body affects your soul. What's happening in your soul affects your body. What's happening in your spirit affects your soul and your body too. Okay, if you didn't know that, that's true. It's true. We're made in these human bodies. We're human beings made in the image of God. Every part of us is made for God. It's about him, being with him, living with him, delighting in him. It's what you were made for. There's nothing more normal for a human being than walking in communion with God. I don't think you heard that part. There's nothing more normal to you as a human being than walking in intimate communion with God. You know what's abnormal? Sin and walking away from God. You're made for him. Your heart, soul, mind, they cry out for God. And I quoted that, that passage from Psalm 84 last week, so I'm not going to read it again. But I want to show you this passage in 1 in Thessalonians chapter 5. And we have trouble with Thess- Thessalonians? Thessalonians. <laughs> Say it five times fast. First, Paul writes this prayer that reflects this reality, because we don't talk about this, right? We think spiritual, God life is spiritual life. Oh, it's all about the spirit and what my spirit is doing and investing in my spirit and spirit, spirit, spirit. You're a whole being made for God. And so there's this prayer that Paul prays for the Thessalonians, got it? That goes like this, verse 23. May God himself, the God of peace, sanctify you through and through. I call that holy, holy completely holy, completely set apart. May your whole spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless until the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. That sounds like a lot of work. Wait, keep reading. The one who calls you is faithful, and he will do it. Hallelujah, that's good news. To be holy, holy is what we are made for. To be completely connected with God. To be blameless means to be walking in the goodness and the presence of God in every way, not just your spirit, but your soul and your body. It's not about some restrictive, ascetic life where we're always saying no. We do the least of everything. We don't expect any pleasure in life. God doesn't call us that. He calls us to abundant life. John 10.10. Jesus came to give life to those who are dead. But you know what? Abundant life. Life more abundantly. Depending on the translation you lead, they all say the same thing. It's fullness of life comes in Jesus. Again, the lies we believe. Oh, it's a narrow way. Well, it is. But the narrow way leads to life. You know what's outside the narrow way? Death. That sounds like a good plan to me. Stay on that path. What it actually means to be blameless is to live a life set apart for God, with God. This is his will for you, a fullness of life in him. Different parts of the body. Let's expand a little. Your body is what? Your flesh, right? This thing, this, this suit we wear. Um, your body actually is made for God. Did you know that? The Bible tells you it's made for God. It's not just made for food and not just made for pleasure, though we're made for both of those as well. We need food to live. God designed our bodies to experience pleasure. Did you know it? Wait, God wants you to experience pleasure in your life? Yes. You know whose idea it was? His. He's got great ideas. I love the way God thinks. First Corinthians 6 says it like this. I want you to see it. 1 Corinthians 6, verse 12, I have the right to do anything you say, he's quoting the culture of his day. Sounds familiar. I have the right to do anything you say, but not everything is beneficial. That's a good word. Quote, I have the right to do anything you say. That sounds familiar too. But, Paul says, I will not be mastered by anything. Verse 13, you say, food for the stomach and the stomach for food, and God will destroy them both. And he's counteracting this. The body, however, is not meant for sexual immorality or for sin, but for the Lord. You know that verse has been in the Bible the whole time and most of you never thought about the fact that your body was made for God. Your body was made for God. What you're looking for, what satisfies your flesh, is God, not sin. When you come to know Jesus, you're alive and your body is now connected to him. Not just your spirit and not just your soul. Your body is a part of him. Wait, I didn't finish reading. Do you not know? Well, verse 14. By his power, God raised the Lord from the dead in his body, by the way, and he will raise us also in our bodies. Do you not know that your bodies are members of Christ himself? Your physical body is connected to Jesus. It is a member, which means like a finger or a toe. Your body is connected to Jesus. Wow, that changes the way I think about how I use my body, how I treat my body. We're made in full connection. Our, 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 our mind go-to mindset, again, is that God wants to take things away from, but he wants to give us life. His ways lead to life. Our bodies are made for God. They're connected to God. God created food for our bodies, and it's good. I like food. Anybody like food? Yep, we're going to eat food. We need it to survive, really. But what happens with this good thing if we, if we partake of good things that God has given us in ways that he didn't intend to? Say I start to overindulge in food. That's good for me, that my body needs. Or certain types of food that, in excess, can become poison to me. Then what happens I'm actually inviting death. What happens? In the natural, right? What's actually supposed to be good for me becomes poison. I can become very overweight, get heart disease, diabetes, all manner of issues, right? I'm not trying to call anybody out, be healed in Jesus' name. But this is what happens, right? When we step outside of God's design, when we don't let our bodies, even our physical functions, live in alignment with God's ways and his word and his will, we experience not life, but we experience death. God gave us drives to enjoy food, to want sex, to enjoy pleasure, to want to rest. But anytime you push those beyond God's given boundaries, you're going to invite destruction on your life, in your physical frame. Why does he give us his ways? To bring us to life. The point in God will always be wholeness, Wholeness of life, connection to God in every area. So it's not really about God saying no, 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 no. It's about God helping us to live abundantly. It really is. Well, one day when we're in heaven, we'll experience, no, today, right now, in your human frame, abundant life is supposed to be yours. This is making sense to anybody today. We want to live in connection with the giver of life, not in disconnection. So your soul. Your, your mind, your will, your emotion. Now, our soul, we talked about, is our unique personality, our thought life, our will, our agency. As much as we have physical appetites, we have soul appetites too. And you know what? They're not intrinsically bad. Who gave you the, the personality you have, the thoughts you have, the ideas you have, the likes you have, the dislikes you have, the hobbies you enjoy? God did. Why? Because that's what he's like. He has interests. He has feelings. He has thoughts. He has a personality. He has a will. Did you know you're made in the image and likeness of God? Is this making sense? So our soul life is expressed in how we usually spend our time, usually outside of like work. We got to do our work and all these things. And we got to sleep. We got to take care of our body, all those things. Our soul life is expressed in how we want to spend our time, the things that we like and enjoy. So whether that's watching lions play football, or going camping, or some people like to do arts and crafts, some people really enjoy cooking, baking, some people like video gaming. Some people like to read, watch movies, make music, and the list could go on and on and on and on. and on. Did you ever think of the fact that God gave you that desire to do that? You know what I feel like happens a lot of time is we assume because God's about the spirit and he wants us to be spiritual, that this stuff is unconcerning to him or even negative to him. And so when we are expressing our soul life, you know, I'm, I love to get out in the wilderness. I'm, I'm, this is, I'm talking for somebody else. Uh, I love to get out in the wilderness and, you know, hunt or whatever. And we think that that's my thing, right? That's my thing. And, and, and probably don't even think about God in it or we don't want to think about it because really God's going to tell me it's a bad idea. I'm wasting my time. I'm wasting my money, blah, blah, blah. But you know what? That's a lie. Those interests, hobbies, things that we love to do, the things we love to exercise our, our mind, will, and emotions into are made by God for, for us to connect with God. All of it. The, the, the biggest mistake we, we make is thinking that God's disinterested in our soul life and in our soul pursuits, that they don't really matter to, give to, to him because, you know, he just cares about sure you go to church and you sing the songs of worship and you pray and you read your Bible. That's all that God's concerned about. Like, really, really, is God that narrow-minded? Is he that boring? Not that worship is boring. I, I, I have a good time. I don't know about you. What matters to God? That your whole being is connected to him. That you walk in him in all of your ways. What kind of a view or connection with God is being created for us when we are over here enjoying ourselves, but we think in that moment we're disconnected with God? What happens in our thinking, in our psyche. Well, this is what I really love to do. Well, and when I want to be spiritual, I'll get up and read the Bible, and then I'll go to church. But what we're actually saying to ourselves is God's not fun. God doesn't want you to enjoy your life, and you just kind of got to do it on the sly and the secret and just not talk to God when you're there because he really doesn't like it. It's a lie. He created you for pleasure. He created you for pleasure. That's really good news. And so what he wants to do is walk with us in them to find him in that. And that doesn't mean that all the... Let's, let's make it clear. It doesn't mean then, like, well, every, then if God's with me, ooh, and I like music, then all the music needs to have Jesus' name on it, right? And, and I can't watch a movie unless it's a Christian movie, right? Because, no! Lies, lies, lies. Do you know there's nothing in creation that surprises God? There's nothing that exists that, that he's like, hmm, never thought of that. Like... <laughs> You know what I'm saying? He wants to be with you in it. He wants to relate to you in it. Well, God, I enjoy watching this. I enjoy listening to this because this. He's like, I know. <laughs> I made that. And then maybe he wants to talk, talk to you about it. Help you give your understanding why you like it. Help you find understanding of where he is in it. You're like, God, you can't possibly be in this movie. Maybe I'm just wasting your time. And you listen to the whisper of the Holy Spirit. He says, actually let's talk. Video games? Yeah, man. I'm telling you, you know what? There's nothing that we, <clears throat> again, we've never had an idea that surprised God. I just wanted to tell you that. I don't care how creative we think we are. God never stood back and said, whoa, never thought of that one, ever. Everything that is and was was created by God, for God, through God. Did you know it? He breathed it in You know, he spoke it, and we didn't even, so every once in a while, a human will get an inspiration, whether they know God or not. And who thought of the internet? Was it Al Gore? No! Who thought it would be a great idea to connect the world? Probably the Lord. You know, and it took like thousands upon thousands of years, and he's like, come on, somebody listen. Somebody listen. And somebody got this bright idea that they thought was so great. Aren't I amazing? I have this idea, and God says, finally, let's do the internet thing. This is going to be fun. Now, we can pervert anything that God thinks of and use it for ill gain, but the point is we're made for God, we, and there's infinite possibilities in it, and everything can be good if it's in God. Everything can be redeemed if we walk through it in God and obey his ways. We don't cross his boundaries and eat the fruit of death. Amen? Okay, let's read a verse that helps us make sense. Romans chapter 11, and I'm about out of time. I said this one, in case you didn't know it. From him, through him, are all things. From him, through him, and to him are what? All things? Like all the things? But not those things. All things. Okay, some of you need to get free right now. To him be the glory forever. But what about that thing? At some point, in some way, God made it. God, people may have perverted it. God made it. From him, through him, to him, are all things. And our journey of life is finding him in all the things. It's finding him in the ways that God tells us to work with all the things. And instead of thinking we have to draw thick black lines around all the things that we think are godly and spiritual, let's find God in all the things. Connect with God in all, all the things. Do them in the way that he calls us to, not in ways that become poisonous to it, us. Amen. Okay, I think I said all this, because I'm, I'm out of time. Oh, spirit. We can't leave out the spirit. Well, this is going to be good. Oh, you're going to be glad we did this. Your spirit is the invisible, supernatural, God-like, eternal part of you, and it's connected to your soul and body, right? And your spirit life is like your soul life. It's like your body life. It needs things. It has desires, It uh, it needs food, and so we get fed in our spirit by spiritual practices. Now, I say this for last because you all know know this stuff. Worship, prayer, the Word of God, fellowship, these are spiritual things. Did you know fellowship is spiritual? You know what we're going to do here in about a half hour is really spiritual? These things are the things we most easily believe and understand to be connected with God, right? Like, those are easy. We don't always enjoy them as much, probably because, I don't know. We miss points sometimes. We think we should do them so God will be happy. And God's saying, why don't you do them so you can be with me? To so experience more in me? You can know more about me. You, you can't really, but, but your soul and body are, are, are connected to all that. But I want to turn it the other way. Because we would think anything spiritual, right, is so good. You can't, you, can't, you can't mess that up. That can't become death to you, can it? Like, can you pray too much? Can you read the Bible too much? Can you worship too much? Well, if you're like, let's, let's take prayer. I, I'm going to pray all the time. I'm praying, 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 praying. I mean, I pray so much. I pray a lot. What just happened? Pride. Prayer became about me, not about Jesus. You can spend hours a day in prayer, but if you're not connecting with God, you know what you're doing? Death. You can read the Bible. Know it cover to cover. memorize whole parts of it and not know the one who wrote it? Because you do it without being connected to him? Oh, it works on all the ways. Body, soul, and spirit. What happened with the Pharisees? They knew the word of God. They spent a lot of time in the word of God. They spent a lot of time fasting. They did all the things, but they weren't connected to God. And when he showed up, they they didn't see him. So even things that are spiritual, if they're not done in connection with God, are death. They lead us to death. They don't lead us to the knowledge of God. They lead us away from the knowledge of God. Is this making sense? Apply the same to the things in your body. Apply the same to the things of your soul. If it's not connected to God, it will be death to you. And so the joyful journey of, of our lives is connecting our whole selves to God. Finding God in all the things. Doing it in connection to him. And I'll say it's, the most, it's what you're made for. It is the abundance of life. It is the fullness of life. It is the most pleasurable life, is simply knowing him. I'm going to close on one really uh, intense passage that you may know to drive this point home, and then we're going to pray, respond, and we're going to eat. It's going to be amazing. Matthew chapter 7, Sermon on the Mount, Jesus teaching his disciples, and you probably heard this, but we need to hear it again. Matthew 7, verse 21. We'll just put it up here. You don't have to find it. Not everyone who says to me, this is Jesus talking, Lord, Lord, will enter the kingdom of heaven. But only the one who does the will of my Father who is in heaven. Let's let's expand that. But only the one who's walking in connection with me and the will of God. Isn't that what he's saying? Many, verse 22, will say to me on that day, many, 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 this is scary stuff, actually, will say to me on that day, Lord, 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 they call him Lord. Did we not prophesy in your name and in your name drive out demons and in your name perform many miracles? Didn't we do all the stuff? And then I will tell them plainly, I never knew you. Away from me, you evildoers. See, I would be sitting there like, oh, these are the big shots. They did the work. God is so pleased with them. They prophesied. They cast out demons. They held events in stadiums. They did crusades in Africa. They did all the things. They are the spiritual giants in the land. And Jesus makes abundantly clear what actually matters to him. What actually matters in the kingdom Is it wrong to prophesy? Is it wrong to drive out demons? Is it wrong? No, he should be doing all the things. But what matters most to him, so we know him. That know, I never knew you, is that intimate knowing. It wasn't like I didn't know your name, I didn't see your life. It was we weren't connected in all the things. You did a lot of things, but you weren't walking with me. I blessed your work because I love those people and I want them to know me and I'll use the donkey if I have to. But you didn't know me. You didn't walk with me. You didn't talk with me. You weren't connected with me. You weren't walking in the knowledge of God, but the word of God still has power when you preach it. Did you know that? And that's sobering, but that just drives home one thing. What really matters to God? Do we neglect the word of God? No. But don't neglect God. Knowing him, walking with him, being with him, this is is, is what we're made for. And here's the glory of our humanity. When He made us body, soul, and spirit, He gave us agency and a will to use our agency and will to have the opportunity to walk with God in all the things. It doesn't happen on accident. He won't make you do it. But every day you get to wake up and say, today I'm going to choose to walk with God. Today I know I was made for God. And from God come all things, to, through him come all things, and to him all the things. My life is for him, and I'm going to walk with God so I can experience the abundant life that Jesus promised to me. Amen? How else would you like to live? That's it. I want to make a challenge, and then we're going to pray. Some of us may have said yes to Jesus a long time ago. Decades ago, perhaps. Maybe we know all the things. Uh, We've been in all the teachings, been to thousands upon thousands of countless services. We've heard the word of God preached. But if you were honest, or if the microscope of heaven was placed on your life, you're actually dead on the inside because you're not actually connecting with God in the things you're doing in your life. Most of the time, you're, you're just checking the boxes. You're checking the boxes. You're checking the boxes. And God is simply saying, I just want you to connect with me. I don't need you to pray five more hours, read five more chapters, go to more services. I don't need you to do anything. I just need you to be connected to me. It's not hard. It's what you're made for. Let's stand. We'll just keep this part simple because we're going to do something really spiritual in a few minutes. We're going to have a meal together. We're going to share communion. And God's going to continue to be at work among us. Amen. Father in heaven, I thank you for every soul, every spirit, every body, every human in this room that you made for yourself, that you dreamed in your heart and spoke into being. Lord, my simple prayer is that we live connected to you in every part of our being, every fiber of our being would walk in the knowledge of God. God, that you'd help us to say no to sin and ungodliness and to say yes to you to find you in the simplest things, to find you in the mundane things, and to find you in the things that we thought maybe you were a million miles away from, that we'd find the abundance of life that's in you, in Jesus' name. Right here, I want you to keep your eyes closed. I'm going to make an opportunity. If you need to ask the Lord come to come bring you to life, I want to give you that opportunity. But if you know you know Jesus, but you feel deadness, I just want to take this moment right here and you come to the Lord and say, Lord, this part of my life feels dead. Would you come and touch that? Would you connect me to you in the way I steward my body? Would you connect me to you in the way that I live my soul life? You you know what it is. If there's something the Holy Spirit's been highlighting, this is your moment to respond. So if you're already walking with Jesus, I want to send you on that path right now for the next 60 seconds. Just talk to the Lord about it. But also, if you're in the room today and you would say, I am dead, I do not have the life of God in me, I may be breathing right now, but I am dead to Jesus, and I want the life he offers me, and you would like to surrender your life to make him Lord of all, to connect yourself to the abundance of life offered in Jesus our Savior. I want to I pray for you. If that's you, would you just raise your hand right where you are? Thank you. Anyone else? All right, let's all pray in response. Would you just follow after me with this one? Father, I know you made me. You made me for you. This is my reality. So I take the life you've given me, my body, soul, and spirit, and I give it completely back to you. Now come and fill it with the knowledge of you, with your spirit, and lead me in your ways all the days of my life. And may my spirit, soul, and body be kept blameless for you until the day you return. If you meant that and you believed that, you can say amen. Amen, amen. amen. All right, we're going to close this part and we're going to make a transition.